The Infertility Podcast is a place of inspiration for every season in life, a resource where listeners can be encouraged to push past obstacles and be motivated by individual stories. The premise of infertility is understanding the season you are in and realizing that there are strategies that can be implemented to enjoy a fertile season. Hello, beautiful Now on with the show. I am so excited you've joined me for yet another episode. And uh, this episode, I am going to focus on joy in every season. Uh, In the month of December of 2019, I had the opportunity to minister a a sermon entitled Joy in Every Season. And I wanted to share some highlights um, from that sermon because it is something I believe that we all can kind of resonate with, um, going through some hardships, going through some tough days. Uh, but still finding joy in every season. And as we're going through life, some days are good, some days have its challenges. Uh, But one of the main things that I've learned um, in this season is to not allow um, things to, to steal my joy. And that takes a lot of effort in channeling, you know, your thoughts, Uh, surrounding things, your perspective. And so um, I really wanted to delve into uh, experiencing joy in every season. The days are moving so quickly. I can't believe we're already like in the middle of February. Um, And so as the days are passing by, it's important that we concentrate on the things that are going right uh, and oftentimes we focus on what's going wrong in our lives, the things that are not, you know, lining up correctly, uh, and it steals our joy in in the present moment. And so, um, it's important to really shift our perspective and shift the way we think in order to find joy or to experience joy, really, in every season. So there's a difference between uh, being happy and having joy. So joy um, and happiness, they have a lot of similarities. However, um, happiness is tied to people, places, and things. It's it's situational. Uh, The definition of happy is is the feeling or showing pleasure or contentment. So for example, if I gave you $200, that would probably make you happy. If I paid one of your bills, your car note, what have you, that would possibly make you happy. And so that is something that is, uh, it's an external thing that triggers happiness, but joy is is internal. So joy is something that really comes from God. Uh, It's not tied to situations. It's not tied to, like I said earlier, with happiness, people, places, and things. It's something that is internal. And if you look at the word joy, it comes up in the Bible quite often. Um, I wanted to first start with the definition of joy and then talk about how it appears in the word uh, of God. And so there was a lot of episodes where I haven't, uh, given some verses. And so this, this 
episode, um, I really have a strong backing with some scriptures that talk about joy. So if we look at the definition of joy, joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And when you are trying to understand the word joy, you have to understand that, again, it's something that comes from um, an internal place. It's not something that is triggering your uh, joy um, from an external factor. And so in scripture, there's different words that... um, emulate the word joy. So just like in every other language that you speak, um, there's words that correlate or are synonymous with the word. So in the Bible, um, there's several words that appear um, in Hebrew and in Greek that exemplify joy. So I'm going to try my best to pronounce these words, and I know I'm going to butcher it, but um, I want to talk about the differences of um, the word joy in the Bible. So in Hebrew, um, the first example that I have is simcha, I believe, and and it means happiness in the most full sense. So if you read the scripture in Hebrew, simcha means happiness in the most full sense. Gilia or gila is a stronger sensation of joy, but more transient and worldly. Okay, Rena is joy related to singing and shouting. And so um, in scriptures, especially like Psalms, um, there are scriptures that talk that say the word joy and it's talking about the joy that causes you to sing or to shout. So I've known that I've experienced uh, um, situations in life that cause me to have joy and shout and just be excited. And so that is called Rena. Ditza is joy relating to dancing and um, henna is enjoyment of something specific. So um, in the Greek, one of the words that is prominent um, in the word of God is um, chara. And it's a Greek noun which describes a feeling of inner gladness, delight or rejoicing. So again, joy is that inner gladness delight and rejoicing and it's important to understand that this is something that's coming um from within because there's so many external factors that are that is going around that is causing you not to have joy and so it's something that has to come from within um despite what's going on externally so we see the joy the word joy in the old testament and the new testament and in the new testament Um, It really shows and signifies happiness that is based on the spiritual sense, okay? And joy is definitely a key theme in the word of God. And it starts with in the beginning. Um, So even from creation, we see that in Genesis 1, that God spoke and said that everything was good and all of the creations brought him joy, In scripture, uh, you also see that joy is seen in nature. And I know for me personally, when I am dealing with a a difficult situation, one of the things that really calms me down or helps me kind of process my thoughts is to be around nature and specifically to be around water, lakes, um, that sort of thing. And so um, in the scripture, there are instances that talks about how nature brings joy. 
in Psalm 65, verse 11 and 12, it says, you crown the year with bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. The grassland and the of the wilderness become a lush pasture and hillsides blossom with joy. So again, uh, we see that depiction and that illustration of how nature brings about joy. Other things that bring about joy, uh, of course, is an about abundant har- harvest. And so, um, you know, when you are in a harvest season, you have joy because there's things that are coming into fruition or there's things that you're seeing, um, you know, come to pass that is causing you to have joy. Another thing that um, brings joy, and I talked about this in my sermon, which was kind of funny, um, is wine. And in both Psalm 104, verse 15, and Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 9, verses 7 and 9, it talks about how wine brings joy. And so um, it's... It's funny how a lot of times when we get together with family and friends, wine is involved. Of course, food is involved. And um, thinking back of those moments of how um, you have an inner joy, like, okay, I'm blessed because I have these individuals that care for me. I'm blessed because I have this opportunity to see another day. Those are things that come from within. Another verse that I found with uh, joy that... um, is really great. It's from Proverbs 27, verse nine, which says perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. And so this one is really a depiction of how even friendships bring about joy. Um, And that's also an example that I found in scripture. But We understand that in human history, and even if we look back at our own lives, uh, life is not a joy fest. (laughs) You know, there are moments that we experience uh, sadness. There's uh, seasons in our life when we are mourning. And um, we see this every day that the world is just corrupt. And that tests our joy each and every day. And so joy is an attitude people of God adopt, not because of circumstances, but because of our hope in God's love and promise. I will say that again. Joy is an attitude people of God adopt, not because of circumstances, but because of our hope in God's love and promise. When you're focusing on the promise and not the circumstance, your perspective changes. And so you don't allow uh, the things that are going on around you to intimidate you or manipulate you to believe that your your promise will not come to fruition. And so you remain steadfast in the sense that you are trying to uh, pursue joy. And so your perspective has changed. Therefore, your circumstance must change as well. Uh, If you look at the story of the people of Israel, um, they went from slavery to freedom. 
And the first thing they did when they were, you know, freed um, was that they sang for joy. In Psalm 104, verse uh, 43, it says, the Lord caused his people to leave with joy. And so I want to speak that over your life right now, that you're going to leave a situation that may have have you in bondage or have you in captivity, or you feel that you've been in this cycle for a long period of time. You will leave that situation with joy you will leave that um you know horrible work environment with joy you're going to leave that horrible relationship with joy no matter what is going on around you you're going to leave the old and walk into joy and if you look at the people of Israel, they were in the middle of the desert. They were in the middle of the wilderness. They were not they were not even in their promised land yet. And they left with joy. Just the fact that they were able to turn the page and get into another chapter, they left that um point in their life, that point in history with joy. Uh, they were vulnerable and the promised land was still far away, far off, but they rejoiced anyway. And um, I remember this old like meme or I guess it would be a meme um, that, you know, even if the door is closed, like pray, praise God in the hallway because, you know, the door is going to be open, you know. And so with the people of Israel, the lesson that, you know, I took from this story and from the scripture is that even before I experienced my promise, even before I experienced that answered prayer, I have to have joy, you know, and um, it's a beautiful place to you know, be and to get to when you can have joy in the middle of chaos, <laughs> like if you can dance in the rain. And so that is definitely a lesson that I'm learning, even still um, being in this journey of infertility is learning to have joy no matter what the circumstance Maybe no matter the fact, okay, I'm not holding my child in my hand yet. I can still experience joy. I can still uh, live life to its fullest. And so joy pushes you to do so. So it's important to have joy in the wilderness. Um, joy in the wilderness is really a defining moment in your story. Um, to be able to be in the wilderness and to still have joy I feel is really a beautiful place um, to be in. And the joy of the Lord is not determined by struggles and challenges, but it is determined by the destiny, the destiny and the destination. And so when you're focused on the right things, you will have joy. Nehemiah 8 verse 10, which is like one of my favorite verses, um, I know I've probably said that a bunch of times, but Nehemiah 8 verse 10 is really one of my favorite verses, which says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so even in my moments of weakness, um, even in my moments of um, feeling, um, you know, being in despair, I know that the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord strengthens me to move forward. And um, this repeats itself in the book of Isaiah, 
when the prophet says in Isaiah 51 verse 11, those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear and they will be filled with joy and gladness. And that's my prayer for you, that as you wait, that you will be filled with joy. And when I was thinking about the waiting um, season and experiencing joy, I think about how often I am in the waiting season, how many seasons in my life (laughs) that I've been waiting and really on a daily basis, uh, how we experience waiting. And so we wait in traffic. We wait in line in the grocery store or, you know, if you're picking up something from, um, you know, the Home Depot or Walmart or what have you. We wait in line. We wait for results. Okay. And the question is, um, is are you waiting with joy? You know, and if I think about waiting in traffic, I had to wait in traffic this morning and it was really brutal because I had to wait while I turned out of my subdivision. And then uh, once I got into the uh, interstate, I had to wait some more. And that's usually not the case. Um, but I just had my, you know, worship music on and I was just like, hey, it is what it is. You know, I'm not able to teleport yet to work. And so it is what it is. And so we experience waiting uh, very often. And the question is, do you have joy while waiting? And is this something that, you know, you can continue to to work on? Uh, Matthew 5, verse 12, it says, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so I put this verse in here because... Um, we are to rejoice even in persecution. So even if you're being talked about, have joy about that uh, because you're obviously doing something right for you to be made mention of. And so rejoice in persecution, rejoice in the wilderness, have joy as you're crossing different uh, seasons, as you're going on in this journey, really make it a point to really pray for joy and challenge your thoughts when you are not experiencing joy. Um, The people of Israel are known to have full joy even in the midst of persecution. Yes, there were times that they were complaining, but throughout the journey, you can see that there were moments that they were really having joy when if we were in that situation, we probably would not have. Um, And they showed us the example of having joy in the wilderness. Besides the people of Israel, the other example I thought of was um, Paul and as Paul was in prison and he talked about suffering and joy and even uh, in jail, he chose to have joy. Even when he was about to be executed, he still had joy. He had joy of faith. Um, We see that in Philippians chapter one, verse 25. He had the joy of the Lord. That's Philippians three, verse one. And I wanted to read um, Philippians 11, verse 13. I know it's kind of lengthy. 
Um, I have two kind of lengthy verses, but I wanted to read this one as well um, to give you some context. Uh, and this is Paul speaking, and he says uh, in verse 11, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And so this passage really resonates with me because Paul gives a great depiction of having joy in every season, in the season of plenty and in the season of want, in the season where he all of his needs were being met and in the season where he was in a place of wanting. And in every season, he had joy. He believed joy was a gift from God. And um, it was a sign of God, of, of Christ's presence with us. All right. And for me, this is very inspiring um, in the sense that it's having joy in the midst of hardship. So since we believe that Christ overcame death, joy becomes reasonable in a dark circumstance, in a dark season. It's not to say that we suppress our, our emotions or we suppress our sorrows or our suffering, but we have an attitude of joy in every season. We need to have the attitude of, hey, I am I may be bruised, but I'm not broken, right? I may have some scars, but I'm not broken. And when Jacob in in scripture, when he encountered God, um, and you see that story in, in Genesis chapter 32, um, and really specifically verse 28, he wrestled with God. He knew what was on the other side of the struggle. He knew what was on the other side, that it was greater than what he was experiencing. And you see that because of that um tug of war or what have you, or that struggle or that wrestle between Jacob and God, his name changed. And I think that's significant in the fact that the things that we experience, yes, it changes us, but are we going to experience joy on the other side? And that's something that you have to ask yourself. Is this situation, is this failure, if this is this cycle going to change me and cause me to be bitter? Or am I going to have joy? And for those of us who are going through um, an infertility journey, um, for those of us who are waiting on test results um, or uh, are, are studying for exams and not passing the, those exams and we're waiting and, and it's like, okay, I've kind of gone through this for a while. What are we experiencing through this, this season? Is it going to change us to make us bitter or are we going to have joy? I want to leave you all as I close with um, 2 Corinthians 6 verses 4 through 10. And it says, rather as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distress, 
and beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, and purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit and and insincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as imposters, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten but not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, have nothing yet possessing everything. I want to tell you, if you have joy, you possess everything you need. You may be full of sorrow, but you have joy. And that is something that is internal. So with all those things that were um, described in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 of troubles, hardships, hardships, distress, um, and all of those things that may come along the way that may cause us to be discouraged. We need to still have joy. Remember, joy is an, is not an experience that comes from favorable circumstances, but it's God's gift to believers. In this moment, I urge you to walk in the profound decision of biblical joy. Let that be your portion. Not only because the season that we're in um, may promote joy, okay? We're getting out of the holiday season and, and the seasons, uh, you know, promote joy, promote growth as we're entering spring and all those things. But we need to be living truly in biblical joy. You may walk with a limp, but you can still have joy like Jacob. You may need to get a new car because the AC is breaking down. Hey, you can still have joy. You have a car. You may not know when or how you will pay your mortgage. You can still have joy. You don't know how you're going to pass that class, but you can still have joy. You may not know how you will pass that test, but you can still have joy. You received a bad report, but from the doctor or from the teacher or what have you, you can still have joy. You may not see where or when your deliverance is coming, but you can still have joy. You may not understand the reason why you are in this season, but remember, we always ought to have joy. I speak that over you today on this episode that his spirit will manifest supernaturally uh, for you and that you will have supernatural joy. That is your po- that is your portion. Supernatural joy, uncommon joy, supernatural rejoicing, gladness, laughter. This is your season to walk in joy. I hope to catch you on the next episode. Remember, joy in every season. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Be sure to connect with me via social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Danielle Joseph or on Facebook, Master Mentor and Minister. Or you can visit my website, which is www 
www.iamdaniellejoseph.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.